So Ben, what do you actually know about Pokemon? Yeah, uh, just the basics, really. Kids with spiky hair, um, Egyptians, God cards, you know, that type of thing. That That's Yu-Gi-Oh. What do, do you know anything about Pokemon? Or? That That's Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So I completely forgot. Pokemon's the one with the uh, the dinosaurs, the digital world, and uh, everyone gets trapped inside, and it's... Uh, that's Pokemon, ben, right? Ben, that's, that's yeah. Digimon. Oh, oh, that's Digimon, is it? Right, God, yeah. Do you know anything oh. about Pokemon? Yeah, no, I've got it. Po- Pokemon's the one with the politician, and he's got varying degrees of success throughout his life, and he has a, a, a rise and fall. There's a, there's a sledge in there somewhere. I don't really remember what happened, but that's Pokemon, right? But that's Citizen Kane. <laughs> what? That's not Pokemon. A starship, floating in desolate space. Once manned by an eight-person crew, there is now but two souls left. They continue to man the vessel as they lose track of the days as well their minds. That is until they come across a distress beacon. They approach it and find a container, drifting in the cold embrace of the infinite black. Inside is a plethora of video games and movies from the late 20th century. Together, they make a pact. They will comb through each and every one of these and send a beacon. Okay, what? Alright, no, seriously. Uh, this is an awful plan. This isn't gonna work, guys. I don't even know what the hell you're thinking this is gonna accomplish. You're just gonna get out there and both die in space, and it'll be all for nothing. I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish. This is Super 8 Bit. Back to the Super 8-Bit Podcast, I'm Dave. I'm Ben. Uh, so we've been a bit busy recently, it's been a long time since our last update, but me and Ben have been hosting a international film festival we started from scratch in our local area. It's been good so far, I mean, uh, we, we've finished the first film festival now, we were doing a horror theme and we had lots of great submissions and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. It's been a big year for us as a uh, creative duo you know we started this podcast which we wanted to do for years and we're gonna get back on track doing it in the new year Yep, getting on top of things should be having monthly episodes you know fingers crossed (laughs) Uh, we'll go with uh whatever way wind blows not that there's wind in space but (laughs) i mean it's completely silent and windless in space as we both know but there you go learn that off an alien poster All I know from space is it's on the alien poster. <laughs> so let's uh, jump right into it. Ben, have you got a you got a question for me? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, Dave. Uh, you know, what what films were you into as a kid? What influenced you? What inspired you when you were growing up? Uh, tell me, hit me. So the I had like three films on VHS. I just used to watch on loop. Um, they were Hook with Robin Williams and what's his face? What's his name? Zuko, Dante Basco. Zuko. Oh, so the guy who played Hook? Yeah, Robin Williams. What is his name? No, Robin Williams. That was he played Peter. <laughs> Dante Pasco. <laughs> oh my god, 
you've been watching too much Avatar. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. People always is, forget Dustin Hoffman. Is that Dustin Hook. Hoffman playing Hook? Yeah. Are you joking? What? No. Yeah. He's so unrecognisable. I have not watched um, a film in, in a long time. It's a good film, though. Uh, I used to watch it on loop. Um, then A Bug's Life. I used to love A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life? That's controversial. It's like your favourite picture growing up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, probably, yeah. I used to have all the toys. I used to... I used to play the PS1 game, which people hate, apparently. I didn't realise. Whoa, I love it, that they... PS1 game. What are you talking about? Do you actually? Um, I did play it a bit growing up, but um, I-, I always played the Toy Story 2 game more, if I'm being honest with you. And as we know, oh, I yeah, love the yeah, Toy Story yeah. 1 game, which is my favourite Pixar game. But Yeah. I don't know. I just loved A Bug's Life. I loved I liked Bugs as a kid, and apparently who... Kevin Spacey. Yeah, who's, a... Who plays the main bug in A Bug's Life? I don't think it's anyone that you would know. Is it not someone famous? I feel like it's like a Woody Allen type of something. I don't think someone. it is. Woody Allen? Let me have a look. <laughs> it's Woody Allen himself. <laughs> it's Dave Foley. I don't know who that is, but it is ringing a bell for some reason. What else has Dave Foley done? He was in The Kids in the Hall. Oh, the well, that's guy. it. The Kids in the Hall. <laughs> there you go. The Wrong Guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And blast from the past. So uh, this podcast is dedicated to David Foley, who me and Dave respect and love, and had a long and cherished career. <laughs> He's a legend amongst. He's a national treasure, would you say? Apparently, he. I'm just looking at his IMDb. He played Flick again in Lego The Incredibles in 2018. What he had like a cameo in there? I guess I don't. Bloody hell! Flick. The deep I mean, lore. I the deep lore of Lego Incredibles? I need to get on that. I didn't realise there was an inter- interconnected universe between The Incredibles and um, A Bug's Life, but hey. Well, to, to be honest with you, Dave, I've heard great things about Lego The Incredibles. I know this is going off a bit off topic, but I heard it's one of the better Lego games of recent years. I completely forgot it existed. What is your favourite Lego game? Tricky one. It's either between Lego Star Wars 2 Original Trilogy, Lego Star Wars Complete Saga, Lego Harry Potter Years 1-4, to or Lego Indiana Jones. What about yourself? Um, uh, mine was Lego Lord of Rings. I really liked when they added voice acting into it. That was the first it. one they added voices on, right? I think it was, or maybe it was an Avengers one. I might be wrong. Now, but... I, I, let's just say I'm an OG Lego head, and uh, well, I'm not I sure well, about but... the voices, Dave. I'm not sure what I think I about know. them. I really like uh, Lego Batman Three as well. Like it's yeah. very specific. I mean, you just gave me very specific answers, but. <laughs> I don't know, it was a lot of uh, good. No, I don't think that's that specific, because I hear from different people that love the Batman series that the third Lego Batman is the one to play. Like, it's really good. Just me. (laughs) I know at least two other people who say Another film film I used to watch a lot is uh, Small Soldiers. Yeah. You've probably heard me talk about Small Soldiers more than anyone ever. Um... I know I have heard a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people like Small Soldiers a lot. I think it's one of the strangest films ever made. And I didn't watch it odd. as a kid because you got David Cross, I, Phil Hartman Jr. It I think it would freak me out. It's quite a it's quite a violent film from what I remember like. I remember it being creepy like with the um, you know the oh, what are they called? What are the enemies called? The chip hazards group. The alien things. Well, aren't the aliens? Well, aren't the bad guys actually the small Knights. soldiers themselves? Like, yeah. In the plot? Well, yeah, the army esque men. It's kind of weird because um, you think about a film like Toy Story, and then you're like, well, actually, that is quite a creepy thing 
if you think about it, toys coming to life in the middle of the night sort of thing. But then small soldiers just took that and really ran with it and it gets, gets creepier. It's by, so. um, by DreamWorks, so I'm wondering if they just did the whole, you know, the whole Shrek thing they did and the Ants thing they did where they were combating Disney's film releases. I had no idea it was by DreamWorks. Was that, um, was that after Toy Story then? It must have been. Well, the, the um, DreamWorks intro, do you have a kid in the moon with a fishing rod? He gets yeah. pulled off by soldiers in the intro. Killed. So, <laughs> Slaughtered. Even in, intro, <laughs> yeah, even in the intro, you know you're in for a rocky ride. Bloody yeah. hell. I think it was one of Phil Hartman's last uh, performances in that film. Mm. I like I, I like Phil Hartman a lot. I like Phil Hartman in... Um, What's that Schwarzenegger film, Jingle All The Way? Jingle All The Way, yeah. I used to love that film as a kid, actually. So I guess I'll go for my question. Um, what is your favourite Christmas film? Uh, my favourite Christmas film is the 1946 uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And um, I know it's a pretty cliched answer. When I started doing film, like studying it, uh, I appreciated it more. Uh, I appreciated the lighting in it, chiaroscuro, the dark themes. And as we know, Dave, I am a sucker for Jimmy Stewart. Put that man in anything. I will laugh it up. <laughs> and um, I just think it's a nice movie. I try to watch it every Christmas. It's quite a long one, so it's something you have to sit down for. But um makes me really happy, you know, like Christmas films should. Uh, close runner-up for favourite Christmas film, The Holiday 2006 with uh, Jack oh. Black. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've I've seen bits of it. It's good. It's a good film. <laughs> but Isn't um, it a full-on rom com though. It's a rom com. It's um. People say Love Actually is the best uh, Christmas rom com. Hard disagree. I think I hate Love Actually. Hate, hate, Dave. I think I just Why? don't like um. What's his name? Alan Rickman. No, I like Alan Rickman. Colin um, Firth. I don't like Colin Firth. He reminds me of Hugh Grant too much. Hugh Grant, there we go. <laughs> he reminds you of Piers Morgan, but he's so yeah, different. Yeah, look the same. <laughs> you ever seen that picture that compares Piers Morgan to that like lady in Home Alone 2, the picture? Well, that, that leads me into my answers, Home Alone 1. Uh, it's my favourite. I um, tried watching Home Alone 1 two years ago for Christmas because I heard it was a great Christmas movie, but I didn't like it that much. Had you never seen it before then? No, I, I must have seen it as a kid like, and then just like forgotten all about it, but I don't. I wasn't too struck on it. Um I don't know what it was like. I guess the hype was too much. Maybe. Maybe. I, was just... I just love how much of an asshole his family is too. <laughs> Why do you love that? <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's a Christmas film. You don't expect his family to be assholes. <laughs> What's like um, an un- like a film? You wouldn't expect to be a great Christmas movie if you get me. Like the one everyone brings up is like uh, Die Hard. You don't expect it to be a great Christmas movie, but you watch it and you're like. Yeah. yeah, it's got all the it's got the themes of Christmas. It's got the ties of Christmas. Yeah, it's a great Christmas movie. <laughs> Family. I feel like did any that's the only answer for that question. I don't think is there any others? There must be others, but we're we're just not cultured enough to give a good enough answer. To... <laughs> Die Hard Two. Also, takes I've place never seen Christmas. Die Hard Two or any others. I mean, have Die you not one. seen Die Hard Three, Dave? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Get on my fucking level, mate. What are you playing at? I've not seen um, It's a Wonderful Life either. I'm not sure you'd like it, to be completely honest Why? with you. Because I think uh, it is dated at times, and it is long, and there's some things about it I don't like, but I just let it go because it's Christmas, you know, like, so. 
I'm Most of my knowledge about it is based on your impression of Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, all of my interaction with that film is you just saying quotes from it at me. <laughs> Does that not give you a great idea? Like, do you not know the film through osmosis through me? <laughs> Maybe I feel like I do. I've I've seen the whole thing. Another one, actually. Um, yeah. We both had a disagreement for years about the uh, a diehard pronunciation of a a specific bit by the cop. I've forgotten the name of. I didn't think you were going to bring this up. Is this going to be the fourth that drives our friendship apart, Dave? <laughs> so you like gaslit me into believing it's pronounced a certain way until I rewatched it. So when he's admitting to shooting a kid as a why he was. Why he was in that role as a, I think it was a traffic cop, wasn't he, or something? Yeah, weird yeah. like that. So he's like, I shot a kid. <laughs> no, like he that. says and it more like he says it into... more like, um, I shot a kid. He says it like that. No, he doesn't. No, <laughs> he does. Like, did it... me again, no, I'm not guessing. He says it like, I shot a kid, like that. I shot like a says, kid, but you like you said, pronounced it as I shot a kid. No, the way I used to pronounce it <laughs> like, before like, you corrected the record like was donkey. I shot yeah. a kid like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But okay, I now, know see, why we're that, stuck in this. I know why that is now. It's because me and my brother used to like take the piss out of that so much. Like we just like elongate every word. So it's like I shot a kid. Like we were just like cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> I shot wow. a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so like in the f- I, I was like, why does he say that so weirdly? And I rewatched it, and I was like, oh, Ben just lies, I guess. But the funny thing is, I I believed you when you said he says it much faster than that when you first told me. So I was like, oh yeah, he's right. He says it more like a shadow kid. <laughs> Maybe there's like five different versions, and every show in like that film Clue, they just interchange it. The director's like, right, we need to get that shot a kid line again. Now do it fast. I shot a kid? I shot a kid? I shot a kid. I shot a kid! I, I, yeah. So that's that's fun. What about you? What films did you watch as a kid? um... What films did I like? Oh, we're jumping back to your question now. But what what films did you watch as a kid that really uh, used to watch? I used to watch... I used to be obsessed with Rugrats. I don't know if you know about Which this one? about me. Like, um, but it was the best show ever. Swore by it. I was in the creed of Rugrats. Um, didn't like the first movie that much, but when um, Rugrats in did Paris you not like came... that um, cover of Ooh Ah? Uh, what was it? The uh, Ooh E Ooh Ah Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I had a watch from that movie as a kid, and if you pressed it, it would be Tommy Pickles just saying, a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. A baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. <laughs> so that was fun to No, I was going to say, the, the, um, the second game is, I mean, the second movie, uh, Rugrats in Paris, I used to have that on um, BHS. Just got to the end, I used to just rewind it, watch it three times a day, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch I re- that as well. I rewatched it recently. Was all I was going to say on um because it's on Netflix now. So I've not hard. seen them in years. Was there any of it? Oh, there is the Regrets uh, Wild Regrets. Strawberries one. What's that called? Regrets Go Wild. That Regrets was my Go first Wild, yeah. GBA game on the SP. Oh, um, okay. I got that for Christmas. Um, but if you see Regrets Go Wild in the cinema, you get they did like a weird 4D promotion of us, and that you could like scratch and sniff. It was yeah. It was like it was like sniff now number four, and it was like yeah, that smells like shit. <laughs> Sniff number five. 
Okay. <laughs> Number five, assume for sniffing position. <laughs> Sniff now. <laughs> really weird. I used to, I used to love Rugrats. So um, oh, I used to um love. You ever heard of Tintin? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, all right. I'd say little obscure comic series. Um, but I used to um, I used to love the VHSs so much, and we had two of the VHSs, and I used to just because they they were quite hard to get. Back when I was a kid, you had to like import them overseas and stuff. So we just had two Destination Moon and Explorers on the Moon, which, if you're not aware, is the story where Tintin goes to the moon um, and back. Uh, I used to just watch those religiously. And uh, they're much easier to get a hold of now, those DVDs, but for a long time they were difficult. But I used to love them so, so much as a kid. So while people were like importing rare anime and fan dubs and stuff like that, you were like, I need my Tintin fix. <laughs> Tintin is a rare anime, Dave. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you know they're doing a collaboration between um, Akira and Tintin? What do you mean they're doing a collaboration between Akira and Tintin? don't know. I just wanted you to pitch that in your head. <laughs> I did pitch I thought you were being serious. <laughs> I just did pitch that in my head. I was like... <laughs> The things those crazy execs. Did you watch the um the movie, the 2011 one? No, that's by Peter Jackson, wasn't it? I wanted to watch that, but nobody would go with me. I would have went with you. Yeah, well, I, I don't think you talked to me back then. I didn't talk to you back then. But I, I went with my dad anyway. We had a great time. But uh, Oh, well, I'm glad, glad to hear that then. Because it's been great but, for you and your dad. You kind of. <laughs> it's okay for me, Dave. That's all that matters. I um, wanted to see the Lego movie when that came out, and no one would go with me. And I didn't Same. see it in the cinema, and I was, I was very upset. That was a good that. movie. It is a good movie. I wanted to notoriously go with one of my, you know, long-running friends who I won't mention on the podcast, but he knows who he is, and he turned me down. And you know what? He went to university, saw it on Netflix. He was like, "Ben, we should have seen that movie together." I was like, "Damn right, we should have fucking seen it together." Why did you have to shoot me in the back like that? Did you see? Did you see the Lego Batman movie? Yeah, I saw that in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That was good. I that was good. That. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I was laughing so much at the intro, like, I was like... I, and that was the actually the only time I remember someone in the cinema actually telling me to shut up, but... Uh, <laughs> wow, I'm, that's, that surprises me, Ben. I went to... Uh, it's, it's that sarcasm day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the loudest person I went to, I went to... Um, it was by our university, the cinema. It was a place called Switch Island. It was, like, really weird. It was, like, in the middle of a motorway junction. Yeah, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, always got some dodgy people there, you know. So we got a fan question this week. Uh, it came from Alex Gore, who's a long-standing fan of the uh, podcast. You know, the four episodes we've done so far. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Alex. See, <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to know what our favourite foreign language films are. So I know you're going to have a very long answer for this one. So <laughs> I'm going to jump in first and say my personal favourite is La Haine, or La Haine, however you want to pronounce it. It's a French film. Uh, from an, I think it's from the nineties. It's uh, it's very good. Um, it's kind of. I just had its. Um, is it twentieth anniversary? Uh, I can't remember. I think so. But I love. I love. I think it was his first debut as a director. I can't recall the director's name. I'm sure you might pull that out. Of I, your ass. You know what? It's funny. I actually can't recall it, and I love that film as well. And I've never like researched a director even in the slightest. But I think he's quite a politically minded man. If I'm assuming correctly. Yeah. I mean, the whole film is about kind of like, you know, police riots and there's a lot of uh, race-based um, mm. content in the film. You know, it's what drives it. But it's a very good film and there's so many cool shots in the film. I remember I did some research into it for uni 
uh, and there's a, a shot that looks like kind of like a drone and obviously yeah. this was like the early 90s so i was like uh, so i, I still don't know it. how they did that they literally had like a fake like a, a drone prototype with a fully function like video camcorder attached to it and that's no how way. they did it so it literally was a drone it was amazing it's a film very ahead of its time like in um terms of shots like like you say a lot of interest in new techniques to use there um and i think because it was one of his first films it was like inspiring i guess to see mm. what you know i could do as well as a mm. film creator as well it's great when a film like that just inspires you to like go out and pick up a camera like because it is kind of a film like that it is it just sort of remind you of a film you could just make yourself but uh, and i think the the budget was so small and the whole thing's just free characters for the whole film, and it's it's amazing exactly, what, yeah. what they could do for the time, you know. Another uh, favorite of mine uh, is Kung Fu Hustle, the great comedy. It's a, it's a comedy, but the story as well is so good. Like it doesn't, it just manages to do both sides of it so well, uh, and it's um, I believe it's regarded as Bill Murray. Bill Murray has said it's actually one of his favorite films of all time. So, what country is that? Uh, so it's a uh, Chinese. It's a Chinese film from two thousand four by uh, Stephen Chow. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff like uh, Xiaolin uh, Soccer as well. I've heard of Xiaolin Soccer actually. Yeah, yeah. that's very good. Yeah, oh, they're both dope. kind of the same um, vibe, like serious but comedy. Uh, done really well. I've never seen it. Um, does it? So is it? Does it fit well into like the uh, the genre of kung fu films? It does. It's it's very cool. As a kid, I used to watch like you know like. Saturday morning cartoons where, where each character has their own kind of like um, style. Um, all the, the main characters in that film have their own kind of kung fu style. It's very cartoony. Uh, there's a lot of Looney Tunes-esque kind of scenes in there as well, like like physical comedy. Um, but even the story itself is like very compelling. It's just yeah, it's a solid free act structure. Yeah, Are you recommending? Should I see it? Absolutely, yeah. It's in my top 50. 40 L. Must be a good 50. <laughs> what would you say uh, yours is? Uh, my favourite foreign films, as you've already predicted, is going to be a long and arduous answer. Uh, <laughs> but, no, uh, I'll just say some of my... There's so many. I'll just say some of the best that you should definitely check out. Like um, uh, A film I checked out when I was 17 that was like my first dive into foreign films is a Brazilian film called City of God. Don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's um it's quite a famous one. It's about like yeah, yeah it's one of it's always on the list. I'll get round to it. It's eventually. really really good, but it's like three hours long. But um, it's about like gang warfare and like growing up in like the favelas of Brazil and stuff, and it, it's so great. And like trying to find an out, and you can't find an out. And uh, it, it's it's got some great characters, great studies. It's brilliant. Like that's all I can say. I'm just going to list a few off so I don't have to talk about one for ages. Yeah. I also really like um, an Argentinian film called The Secrets in Their Eyes, which is a, uh, an amazing detective film, one of the best I've ever seen. And I don't know about you, but I don't know too many Argentinian films, and that one yeah. blew my mind, man. Um, uh, there's a good one called Black Fred as well. Uh, what's that about? Um, it's We hosted it in our film festival bit. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut that out <laughs> throw me under the bus like that <laughs> anyway moving swiftly onwards one of my favourite film for a long time I recently changed it to um, Akira 
but um, it was a French film called The 400 Blows by um, Francois Truffaut. And this is the film I'm hard recommending as a foreign film you should check out. Funny that we've recommended both French films, but uh, this is from the 60s and it's about, um, it's sort of an autobiographical film about this prolific French film critic at the time, Francois Truffaut, and how he grew up in Paris. And it was so, it's like hard times in boarding school and stuff. And um, it's a coming of age. And my favorite story is a coming of age. And I know I'm doing a terrible job trying to explain it, but it's quite a complex plot. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. It's got my favorite film ending in it as well. Please okay. check it out. Yeah. I Don't tell us so the ending. I won't, I won't tell you the ending. I would never dream of spoiling it. <laughs> and uh, if you did see the ending, you'd be like, why is that your favorite film ending? That's ridiculous. And uh, <laughs> But it just well, is. Uh, and uh, We'll talk about it at some point. I'm, I'll watch it soon. Oh, uh, I'm worried now. I feel like I've hyped it up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's my favorite foreign films. Do, do we like segment out or uh, <laughs> like, what do we do? Well, you, usually we just kind of it trails off because we've said something really funny. Should we pretend to be having a really long conversation? You can just fade out. <laughs> I don't know. I think we've got, we've got enough now. Yeah, that, that, let's just stop the recording. episode i recommended to ben uh, pokemon emerald which i know he's dabbled a bit in pokemon in the past um but he's not really fully played one as an adult or uh, in a long long time so i recommended pokemon emerald which is part of a third generation of pokemon games it came out in 2004 um this was a generation of pokemon where i first got my own game instead of playing my brother's games and I remember specifically using my own money uh, from my birthday to buy Pokemon Ruby, um, which was satisfying. Uh, it's for the Game Boy Advance uh, SP or normal uh, game, a normal Game Boy Advance if you had one of those. It brought us into color fully. Pokemon Gold and Silver obviously had color, but you know it was basically the same graphic style. This was a whole new world. It was a, a whole new uh, ballpark. Um, on the Game Boy Advance, which was quite an advanced piece of tech compared to the Game Boy Color and the predecessors. Now, Pokemon's one of the hugest franchises in gaming, undoubtedly. So it, it did surprise me when Ben told me that you'd only really delved into a tiny bit of Pokemon. So do you want to give us an idea of what your experience with Pokemon was before this? It's funny because uh, my experience with Pokemon is extremely similar to how you first picked it up. Well, you said... Um... You played your brother's games. Uh, I'm assuming he had like silver and red and all that. Um, yeah, yeah. All I, I did. 
I did the same thing. I remember when my sister had blue and my brother had red, and I'd um, I never I, I never really played them myself, but I watched them play them, and I thought it was really cool concept. This is when the um anime was a uh, gaining traction as well. I used to watch that. Um, but the second generation passed me by, really. I remember them both buying that as well, but I guess I just wasn't as interested. But um, funnily enough, I remember uh, going to um, the game store one day, HMV, I think it was, and I picked up uh, Pokemon Ruby, and I was like, I'll give it a go myself, because I remember really enjoying those games when I was younger. So I have played this generation before when I was very, very young. I never completed it, but I remember having a lot of fun with it. And um, apart from that, like, I've never touched the franchise again. I've known many people to have been into Pokemon, but I guess um, <clears throat> I just thought it's quite it's quite a heavy thing to get into, sort of, like, trying to get into, like, Iron Maiden. There's, like, 23 albums, you know? It's like, where do you even begin? Something like that. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's good to get a starting point now I've played one. But, yeah, that, that's just been my history of it. I know the anime has been going on for yonks now but i've never delved back into it past season one but yeah i wouldn't bother personally um <laughs> it's all kind of copy and copy and paste formula formula like you know uh they go to a place team rocket turn up try and steal pikachu for some reason still uh and that's it really surely they could just catch up. a pikachu at this point like just go into like the forest exactly <laughs> that's why i like the digimon more because it was a you know, an ongoing plot that wasn't just the copy and paste formula every week. Yeah, it's funny, yeah, because you were so much into Digimon, I'm surprised you um, are in as much into Pokemon as well. Well, the Pokemon games were always better, except for Digimon World, which was on the PS1. I love that game. But yeah, the Pokemon games were better, but the series for Digimon was so much better. I remember loving the Digimon series, yeah. I loved it as well. So for those unfamiliar with Pokemon, the premise is that you capture these creatures and force them to engage in combat uh, for you against other Pokemon. It's pretty brutal, but not brutal enough. <laughs> so when I challenged Ben to play the game, I asked him to do what is called a Nuzlocke challenge. So in the Pokemon community, the basic idea of this challenge is that when a Pokemon in your team runs out of health, instead of you healing it when you're next able to, you have to dispose of it, essentially treating it as if it died. Now, Pokemon evolve into new ones and get stronger as they level up, so suddenly losing one of your team is a pretty big uh, step back, uh, making this a tough challenge. So as part of a Nuzlocke challenge, you also have to nickname all your Pokemon, and I believe you went for famous film directors, didn't you? Famous film directors. Um, so my um, starter Pokemon, who I don't remember the... Uh, the problem is, because I named all my Pokemon after directors, I don't know their actual names. So I'm just going to call them Flame Chicken. And uh, I, I <laughs> named him after, thank you, Torchic. I named him after Stanley Kubrick, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Just kept naming him. Um, yeah. And by the That's end, good. I had, yeah, quite a big party of film directors. <laughs> so I'm going to be correcting Ben as he's talking about film directors. I'm going to be, you know, letting you know what Pokemon they were. And if you don't know Pokemon, then just assume that film director is under Ben's <laughs> control. <laughs> And he's demanding they fight I for have, him. I have to be the party and I make them fight each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um... yeah. Oh, God, God. <laughs> I was just going to say about the Nuzlocke run itself. Um, that is one of the hardest things you've ever asked me to do. And fuck you for making me do it. <laughs> that was, I've uh... never completed one myself. 
it was so difficult, Dave. It was one of the. It was, and I've never. I haven't played a Pokemon game in years. So Jesus, I know. Christ. It was a, oh. it was a tough ask, but and uh, you know you completed it. I'll let I, everyone. I'll spoil it. Everyone, Ben did complete the Nuzlocke challenge. To many, my surprise, many save states were had. I did not um, abide by the you know one save state per village rule, but um, I was like. I can't be dealing with that. Okay, you cheated, I don't know. but... Uh, <laughs> it's, fine. <laughs> it's fine. So have you ever done a Nuzlocke run yourself? I've done a few, but I think I just get um, a bit bored. Like, I think if I was streaming or something, I'd keep up with it, but I'm hard, I, I find it hard to stick to it. Mm. But I'm sure I will one day. Um, it's quite I like hard. doing yeah. random runs, so you can get these programs that randomise a ROM. Uh, for Pokemon games, um, so they completely randomise the locations of Pokemon just to mix it up a bit because I've played them so many times. So I like doing those. I, I like uh, random runs. I've never done one, but I I watched ones for like Link to the Past and Super Metroid and stuff. They look so cool. Oh uh, yeah, like. I want to do an Ocarina of Time one at some point just to see what that would be Get like. Get the mirror shield straight away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be crazy. <laughs> Do you remember which Pokemon you liked the most and which one you hated? Good question. My favourite Pokemon was Sophia Coppola, um, who is... An Azumarill. An Azumarill. Um, i got to say, I didn't think much of Sophia Coppola when I first got her, but, um, you know, without Rollout, which is the best move in the game, <laughs> I would not have completed the game. So I've just got to say, the final five bosses in a row are so hard I wouldn't have been able to beat all those Pokemon without Rollout because it's like you're in a pinch, you select Rollout and it's always a gamble because you can't it control it. Yeah. So it's like oh my god, I've got to hope they like charging some shit up and I get enough power. But <laughs> when you get it right, Dave, when you get it right and you smash one Pokemon, they're down, you smash the next one, they're down and then oh here we go, here's Sophia Coppola revving up. Number five, bam, Rollout. Uh Without that move, I wouldn't have completed the game. I'll just say that much. <laughs> I hope this episode spawns some fan art of Sophia Coppola just rolling around. <laughs> if it doesn't, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so but who did you my... hate? I hated Claydol. Claydol. Uh, absolute nightmare to fight. I don't remember why anymore, but I just remember, just as soon as I saw the picture... I got like PTSD. Is it to do with self destruct or curse or something like self-destruct that? Self destruct is always a nightmare. And um, yeah, curse is bad. All the Pokemon with like, you know, like a magnitude 5 one, always oh, a nightmare. Yeah. Like Good any earthquake you. setting, I just want to die, you know? <laughs> I think earthquakes regarded still as one of the most powerful Pokemon moves. Uh, so it's still something to fear. What's that um, ghost Pokemon from the first generation that's like a skull and it's a ball and it self-destructs? Um, do you mean Voltorb? No, it's like a ghost Pokemon. It's a purple with Pokemon. smoke. With smoke? Do you mean Ghastly? Probably. It self-destructs anyway, so every time I'd fight it, I'd just have to run. I'd be forced to run because I'd just get no choice Like, because I couldn't so fight it. Ghastly it was... uses Curse, which cuts it so in health and half but puts a curse in your Pokemon so it's really frustrating it also I think 
has an ability called Mean Luck, which stops you from leaving a battle as well. So you have to deal with it. I have actually, yeah, that has been. Um, I have. I did yeah. that a few times. <laughs> You're just bringing back bad memories for me. <laughs> like I'm just that, oh. like in another luck run. That is the most annoying, frustrating thing. Did you use much repel at all to stop any combat? Or what was repel again? So repels an item where you just don't get into encounters in grass. Oh yeah, I never used that, and I wish I used it more. <laughs> I remember oh, okay. that. Yeah, yeah, you probably should have. Um, I got really annoyed after a while because when you're doing a Nuzlocke run, sometimes you just don't want to battle people at all until you get to a Pokemon Center. Yeah. Um, but the problem with the game is if you look at another trainer, it doesn't matter what you're doing, they'll just come up to you and be like, hey, oh, lovely day for a walk, do you want to fight? And, like, you're forced to fight them, so like, partway through the game, there was just a point where I had to, like, just manoeuvre around trainers so they wouldn't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> the game so gets st- to that point. Yeah. It gets so stressful. It's not that much of an issue when you're not, um... When you're not doing a Nuzlocke run, but obviously it changes. Oh, yeah. Game. Obviously, if you're not doing a Nuzlocke run, yeah, just fight everyone. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> like, when you don't want your Pokemon to die, it's like. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it adds a I... bit of um, emotion to it, a bit. When some of your Pokemon attached. die as well, it's really heartbreaking. Um, I had a. Um, <laughs> weirdly, I don't remember the director name I gave this one, but I remember the actual Pokemon name. I had a Minon in my party. And. Um, I mean... Saved me from many, many encounters. Oh, I called it Greta Gerwig, by the way. Uh, saved me from many bad times. But, oh my god, I'm just remembering now. Every, You know your rival trainer throughout the game? Uh, or Steve? No, the other one, the girl. Oh, May. May. Yeah, May. Every time you'd fight May, I, she'd always do it like she was having fun. Like, yeah, show me what skills <laughs> your Pokemon have got. No, br- brutally murder your party. <laughs> She's just cow stomping Greta Gerwig. <laughs> It was grim, and one time for May, I had to sacrifice Greta Gerwig. It was on. It was just past. Um, you know when you're going, there's there's a path and there's a bicycle road just above it. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you've got to fight May there. It was just oh, after yeah, that yeah. time, and um, and she killed Greta Gerwig brutally. Oof. I had to sacrifice her, or else the rest of my party would have died. And um. And then she leaves like, wow, you've gotten so much stronger. And I'm crying in the corner like, <laughs> she was my favourite man. And you killed her. You killed her. What must suck as well for you, I automatically, because I've played the game so many times, I know when May is going to randomly come up to you. Yeah. But that path is like, you've got to go through loads of grass and battles. So you must have got to the end thinking you're getting to a health <laughs> point or a, a Pokemon centre. And then she's like, hey, I'm going to kill one of your Pokemon <laughs> One of the worst ones as well is you um fight Team Aqua at the Weather Center. I don't know if you remember this. And yeah, you yeah. get like the egg Pokemon after, who I named Martin Scorsese, by the way. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right after you fight May, and it's just a piss take at that point. Like, I've just destroyed Team Aqua. Can you not just let me go to a Pokemon Center yeah. for fuck's sake? <laughs> I think someone heals you in that Weather Center, though. Oh, do they? I, I yeah. didn't get that. I was just Bad like, time to tell you that, I think. <laughs> I wish you told me that before. Let me just give some of my other favourite Pokemon shout-outs as well. Um, I really like Kevin Smith, who is... Kevin Smith? The, a the slack-off. Yeah, slack-off, yeah. Um, Turned into a Vigoroth. Yeah, the Vigoroth evolution uh, is amazing. Like, uh, you told me to keep um, keep a hold of Slackoff at the start of the game, and what a miracle you did, because <laughs> got to say, like, save you from many hard times. <laughs> he, he's very powerful, but he doesn't hit every time you want him to. 
Um, yeah. But I'm sad you didn't evolve him once more because he turned slacking. into big, big yeah. chungus. Yeah. I had to fight a few slackings. It's very difficult. But... Yeah. They're very powerful, but you've got to hope they're just not going to hit you because they have like a, a percentage of not bothering to attack. Yeah, it's so annoying. Uh, I had, um, you know that move Fury Swipes where you hit four oh, times? Yeah, yeah. It's so helpful. Um, Like, with oh, such a shout to keep him through the whole game because it was so helpful. Uh, another Pokemon I really liked was uh, Mighty Ina, who I actually oh, don't rem- remember the director name I gave. but um, As Miyazaki, I can see. Miyazaki, that's it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Really cool. I like it when you like bring him out into a battle and um you know it, he stuns all the other Pokemon and you always get to go first. It's great. Always helpful to get the first move. Oh, yeah. Pokemon I hate going back onto that for a second. Uh you know that one in the cloud with the mustache, Altaria or something. Altaria, yeah. That's fucking very, pisses very good me pisses me to fuck off. <laughs> Was that in the Elite Four? She you know, there's one of the Elite Four. Oh, I remember you saying you liked who's like a dragon trainer. Oh, yeah. Fucking hard to beat because I didn't have any Pokemon <laughs> in my party that could easily beat dragon types. So dragons, just... n- like it's only ice and I think it was oh, ice and dragon are super effective against dragon at that time. And, and the only thing that was helpful is um, I had a Gyarados in my party at the time, um, oh. who I called Tarantino, by the way. Um, who was um, <laughs> he? This Gyarados. Without, if I didn't catch that, it would have been a, such so much harder. But um, I tr- I caught that Gyarados near the end, and um, I trained it up, and uh, really helpful in that dragon battle. Uh, because they just stomp on you the whole time, and you get yeah. you just die automatically. But with Gyarados, you can't really stomp on him, so ended up going well. <laughs> Did yeah. um, your Gyarados have a foot fetish as well? Oh, my Gyarados, uh, sometimes it wouldn't listen to me because it just went straight for the feet. And I was like, <laughs> right, listen, I, I'm in a serious battle here, okay? Stop sucking toes and start fighting Stop toes. bloody sucking toes. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to a few other Pokemon who weren't my favorites, but I still like. Spinder, who I appreciated a lot. Um, how what have I they? not... Was that uh, I... Ridley Scott, was it? That was Ridley Scott, yeah, because <laughs> of the spinny eyes. <laughs> Um, Stanley Kubrick, who is uh, Robe, uh, Flaming Chicken. I like was, it. Uh, I got the last evolution of Flaming Chicken. Uh, right, you Blaze know when Flaming Chicken becomes Flaming Jesus, and um, yeah. uh, it was so helpful. Like Blizzkin, it's just like such a good evolution. Um, yeah, that was my favorite as a kid. Oh, uh, it's I, I still love it. Like you know, whenever you fight like um, a tr- you know the big tree Pokemon that looks like a palm tree. Executor. Tropus, Tropius. Oh, Tropius. Yeah. yeah. yeah Tropius. Whenever you fight that Pokemon, you just bring up Bliskin, set it on fire. I'll see you later. Can <laughs> 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 so you burn a whole forest down? Basically, is what any saying. grass Pokemon. I would burn the shit out of. I'd love to have a fire Pokemon in my party. It was so good. Just trying to see if any other Pokemon I don't like. Towards the end of the game, I had a ghost Pokemon called James Wan, who was a Shuppet. I think. Was oh, a Shuppet? Yeah, yeah. Very unhelpful to have in your party in the final five. But I died straight away, and I was like, "For fuck's yeah. sake!" Like, I like Barnett that uh, that evolved into, but I don't think you got there. No, because uh, I was, yeah, I didn't play the game. Like, I'm sure if a professional Pokemon player saw me, they would be like, <laughs> "What the fuck are you doing?" Oh, I just saw another Pokemon that I had in my party at the end. Uh, you know the electric dog, Manetric so fucking helpful it was so nice to have an electric type in the party who was actually 
you know, good towards... So I had, like, a, an electric, a water, a dragon, a fire. So I had, like, a, a yeah, lot of my bases to, covered. Yeah, you've got to have good versatility there. Uh, so, so it was... It, what was my electric called? <laughs> it's on uh, a picture. Oh, uh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but, um, just, oh, Isle of Dogs, that's why. But, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that re- really helpful. Um, I also had, you know, the boxing Pokemon... Uh, Makutia. Oh, Makutia, yeah. Yeah, I had that for a while. I called him Uwe Boll, obviously, because he fights all the critics (laughs) in the ring. But um, I found uh, him useful early game, but unfortunately died halfway through. And every time um, one of your Pokemon does die in a Nuzlocke Rod, it is genuinely, like, fucking heartbreaking. Like, I remember... um, one of one of the paths I went down, um, it went through like a swampland. It was just as soon as you learn surf and you go to the next island, and um, I, it was like I, I remember taking a screenshot of it because it was so heartbreaking. But it was another sacrificial thing, and it's like yeah. this fucker in a swamp just beat me down, man. And uh, it's genuinely it hurts. It genuinely hurts, but. Which Pokemon was your powerhouse? So who did the most work? Was that um... Sofia Coppola? Undoubtedly, um, without rollout, uh, half those battles I would not have completed. But I don't want to slight Blizzkin uh, or Combuskin. Blizzkin. Yeah, thank you. You, you know the proper pronunciation. <laughs> um, who was also a big uh, powerhouse in my party? T- to be honest, for a while Miyazaki was a huge part of my party, uh, and by that I mean my Tina. Um, but um, unfortunately, did die after a while, and you know what what it's like with a Nuzlocke. Rest in peace. R.I.P. And um, Kevin Smith, who is the OG Pokemon in my party, next to Flaming Jesus. Um, uh, I had him from the start, and like I say, without fucking hell, it would have been a hard game. You know, that was yeah. the powerhouse of my team. Yeah, that that pretty much covers the basis of all the Pokemon I got to know, ones I liked, ones I didn't. I'm sure there's a few I'm forgetting, because I've got a list up in front of me of, like, Gen 3 Pokemon, but um, obviously there's Gen 2 and 1, whose names I can't remember as well. So which loss did you feel the most when um, your team died? Like I say, um, <sighs> Greta Gerwig hit me pretty hard when Mate <laughs> brutally murdered her. That was the first big loss I experienced, but... Um, I think it was Miyazaki when Miyazaki went. I think that was the Pokemon that went to the swamp fucker. It was bad as well because with Mei, that's like a proper trainer, so it's okay to lose a Pokemon to her, but to this fucker in yeah. the swamp, I don't even know his name, <laughs> and he just approaches you like, oh, look at that. What a lovely day to be hanging around the swamp. By the way, do you want to fight me? <laughs> God, <laughs> Jesus. it's It does hit you really hard. Like Nuzlocke runs are great. I'd say because um, you do form a strong connection to your team, definitely. I'd say they're bad if you want to try lots of different Pokemon, yeah. but you can't really because you've already got a team and, you know, you can't sacrifice this for this or that for that, you know. I think this is why people like the Fire Emblem franchise. I've tried playing it, but I've, I'm have i a bit of a pussy. I've not played it on the mood where you're, you're if someone dies, they're gone. Yeah. Um, which I guess is the intention you're supposed to play it like that. Um, well, it's a, it's but, a bit like yeah. XCOM as well, you know, when you like yeah. lose a party member and that is quite heartbreaking. There's a lot of games that do it, actually, thinking about it. 
But in Fire Emblem, the characters have like whole like arcs and stories, and they're just gone. Did you, one you I really want? I really like, want to play um, free free houses. People bang on about, and I hear that's quite good. Yeah, I might pick it up soon. Yeah. Well, they Speaking just of which, released... would you play another Pokemon game if uh, now that you've played this one again? It's interesting because uh, what I was saying before about not sure where to begin, I guess um, that would still be apparent. I guess I could go on to the next one in the franchise, or should I go back? It's like, where do you go? I guess I'd go to you for recommendations as my resident Pokemon yeah. player. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you could just jump in anywhere, really. I'd say the 3DS ones are probably my favourites. Um they did a remake of this generation as well. What do you think of the new ones on the Switch? Are they good? Or... Um, I got a bit bored of the latest one. Basically, they added these things called Mega Evolutions in the pre the 3DS games, which I really like. They're like kind of like Digimon. They're like temporary boosts for a Pokemon. Like they change form, and it's really cool. But they kind of like they won't stick to a gimmick. They keep adding a new gimmick every generation now, and it's getting annoying. When everyone likes Mega Pokemon, as far as I'm aware. So they kind of haven't brought Mega Pokemon back, which is disappointing. Mm. Um, but I think in your experience, you would enjoy the latest one, I would say. Uh, um, I got a bit bored of it because I was, I don't know. But I think I, you'd enjoy it. Well, I really like the um, the aesthetic of the older ones. So I'm not sure if I'd like to do ones or should I just go back and do the first one, you know? I would try playing Soul Silver or Heart Gold. They're a remake of the second yeah. generation, but they're considered like some uh, of the best games. They're very hard to get a hold of for a good a price. Um, they were on the DS, original DS, but they are very good. Also, the first Pokemon in your team follows you outside of a Pokeball. <laughs> so kind of like Pokemon Yellow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Those games also came with a Tamagotchi device called a Pokewalker. Um, but it was like a pedometer, uh, and you could train like a Pokemon in there, and like catching a Pokemon. It was very cool. I had like an infrared sensor in the actual cartridge. It's very good, but they do go for a lot of money. That's a shame. I actually think Silver would be a really good one to pick up. All I know about Silver is um, it's got my favorite Pokemon music track in it, which is when you fight. Uh, spoilers. When you fight Red on top of the mountain, that's my favorite. Um, that's my favorite oh, yeah. Pokemon, you know, track ever. Like I tried to learn that on piano. That's yeah. how good it is. That's so. a good song. <laughs> do you have a favorite track from this game? Yes, I do, Dave. Uh, my favorite track from the game is um, Route One Hundred Thirteen, which is um, it's a great part of the game because um, you've just gotten out of I don't remember any of the names of the towns but you just uh, get out of like the main city town it's got like four crossroads I don't know if you remember it's like the third one you go to oh, yeah, and you yeah. go north and um, and then you just start headed towards this volcano and everything gets dead sooty and uh, it's where I caught Ridley Scott as well because there's like loads of them hanging around yeah, where you meet Ridley Scott. <laughs> the famous moment <laughs> but, uh, and the music is so good that it's like do 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 <laughs> I can't do it justice, but I love That is a good song. I really like that area as well because, like, there's soot on all the grass, and when you run through it, it like disappears. 
it's very um, atmospheric, and it kind of leads to like a darker part of the game. I'd when say. you start like, like fighting, get a um, bit darker. In the who would a fire team called again? <laughs> team Magma. Uh, team Magma. And we haven't team talked Aqua. much about that actually. Yeah, I guess we'll go on to that. Later. So, what did you think of the story of the game? Did you root for any of the two teams? Did you? What did you think? I thought they were both uh, like ridiculous in their own ways. Like, Team Aqua are a bunch of pirates essentially that want to flood the world, and Team Magma look like um, they all look like uh, what are they called? Oh, the Fire Nation out of Avatar, <laughs> and they're trying to like yeah. uh, set off this volcano, and they both awaken these like godlike Pokemon, and both times it gets out of hand, and they're like, oh no, I don't know, maybe this ten-year-old boy can handle it. I I just don't know anymore. <laughs> like, were you not planning this? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. As a kid, I thought, like, both the teams were very cool. Team Magma especially. Yeah. But, like, when you think about the, like, plan, it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, like you the whole terrorists. plan was like... just wake up big god Pokemon and that's, that's it, really. <laughs> well, flood the land or cause a volcano to erupt in... Uh, yeah we didn't even talk about like why they want to do this just so they have yeah why do they want to do that <laughs> i don't know i just it doesn't don't make understand. any sense like, but uh <laughs> like team aqua obviously eco warriors i guess they want more ocean yeah. to exist team magma i guess they want more landmass so i don't can live but maybe that's it that one <laughs> may, might be is the more sensible it's one the, the environmental team, message of the uh, i guess the series i don't well, know but like, if you played Ruby and Sapphire, which are the kind of a pre- predecessors mm. to this one, um, depending on which game you play, one of the teams is the good guys, and the yeah. other team are, you know, the, the bad guys. But in Emerald, it's kind of a combination of the two. They're both kind of assholes. You're more friendly with the leader of Team Aqua, aren't you? The um, I don't know his name, but um, you have oh, a, okay. a few more friendly conversations with him, from what I remember. I don't. I remember having so few conversations with the leader of Team Magma that really just boiled down to fight me, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one looks cooler then, would you say? Aqua, look, Aqua looks cooler. Magma looks like... Really? Magma looks like they're trying... I love Magma. Magma looks like they're trying so fucking hard. <laughs> I nearly cosplayed as Team Magma. Just Please still do it. it. You'd look so good. <laughs> I, w- I would. I cool. could go as Team Aqua if you go as Magma. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. They've got like these crazy uniforms that are like all red. Yeah. They're like ponchos, it's cool. <laughs> the way I saw it was like big hats and like steel red uniform, they're all walking around like this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's cool. I do like Team Magma, I thought about. they were funny. Like uh both the both the teams are pretty funny, even though they're trying to destroy the world essentially, but um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for no reason. I, and I, uh, and the, the way the conflict is resolved is right. They've got this little ten-year-old boy to sort it out, and um, they both sort of, both the god Pokemon sort of like meet up in this town, which you have to get to by swimming underwater and then back up. It's like Suit Policy. There you go. Yeah. And um, they both fight, and then you, the ten-year-old child, by the way, I just have to keep reminding you, have to go awaken this third god Pokemon on top of a tower. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. The one thing about we mentioned pronunciations of Pokemon names before. Mm. So Rayquaza is like the main Pokemon from this game, like the legendary. It's a big green dragon um, who controls the ozone layer for some reason, <laughs> whatever. 
<laughs> That's literally a lot of says. unanswered questions there, um, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I remember watching the anime or one of the movies, and they keep referring to him as Ray Quasar. Really? It used to trigger me so much. And it still does, because he's Rayquaza, and that's a cooler name. Rayquaza! <laughs> it's the, um, is there a movie based on this? Oh, there's like 20 movies, but um, there's one specifically about Rayquaza, I think, mm. if I recall. Yeah, there is. Uh, so it's Rayquaza versus Deoxys. You don't know who Deoxys is, but he was like a DLC you could get for this game. Oh, that's cool. DLC before um, DLC? It's like an alien Pokemon. Yeah. Well, you used to you have to go to events and um, you'd be able to download it onto your cartridge. It's kind of like how they put Mew. Mew yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how you got Mew, yeah, in, the how you got Mew in the first original one, yeah. game. It was only in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I remember I went to a event when in two thousand four. Uh, it was the day before my parents' wedding. <laughs> And I was like, please, can I go? And they were like, no, it's the day before our wedding. <laughs> and then my brother took me. Uh, and I downloaded a Deoxys, which is the alien Pokemon I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I've had them in my games ever since. I've carried them across every game. Ah. Don't use them, but, you know. <laughs> Good little uh, face value, you know. That's one thing I like about Pokemon. Like, the, this generation was the f- is the earliest game where you can carry the Pokemon completely all the way into the modern games. That's cool. No, that it's is really cool. cool. So you could just hang out with them forever and ever, and never use exactly. them in your party. But forever you can hang out with them. <laughs> so this Deoxys, <laughs> did you say it was like an alien? So it's an alien Pokemon. I think it came from space. So it, technically, it may not even be a Pokemon. But there's a movie where Rayquaza and Deoxys just fight for the whole movie, and it's really it's quite cool. Um, and that's literally the premise of it. I, I I was a little disappointed you didn't fight the legendary Pokemon in the game, but you can. It's just like a post-game thing. Yeah. So did you fight any of them? You, no, I, I, think... I, I stopped after I played it. I, I should have kept going. I just forgot. Uh, I, I remember I, I was looking around. You like you start the game again, and you're like on a ferry for some reason. I don't remember why anymore. You're going somewhere. Um, oh, yeah. So I never, I never played Emerald. I only played the other two, but Emerald, like... You know, considered the kind of directest cut, I guess, mm. of the two uh, others. But I know after you beat the game, you get to go to another whole. There's like a whole story arc where you go to the battle frontier. Yeah, I saw that. Where it's just about battling. I, I think it was so much for me to do the gym leaders. I was just like, oh god, never again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should try continuing without Nuzlocke rules from now on and then see if you enjoy it. Still. Yeah, I think it would be more fun without, to be honest. But So there's a bit where you fight. Um, I don't know what it's like in Emerald, I can't remember. Uh, but in Ruby and Sapphire, you fight, you know, the respective box art, Legendary, Kyogre, or Groudon. Mm. And then you can get Rayquaza later on in the Sky Pillow where you went. Where where do you fight them in the story, in the other games? In Suit Policy, the, the one you have to go underwater for. Mm. Um, they're in a cave called the Cave of Origins or something. In the just kind of floating about in lava or water, depending on who, who you fight. That reminds me... Um, Pretty cool. <laughs> is it cool? <laughs> it is cool, yeah. I mean, I always try and catch them, so you just save scum and wait, hope you have enough balls. <laughs> did you have the balls? <laughs> I did have the balls. I'm glad to hear it. I just remembered um, another part of the game I really like, which um, I didn't bring up before. It's just before you... Um, Oh, sorry, it's the bit leading up to where you fight all the gym leaders in a row. What's that place called? 
It's like a road. The Elite Four. Victory Road. Oh, victory I really road. like that Victory Road bit. Uh, that's my other favorite track in the game, by the way. I completely forgot until we're talking about it now. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so good. And um, in Smash Brothers, they do a really good remix of it. And um, yeah. I, um, I heard that Victory Road uh, remix before I played the game. And I was like, shit, is this what the final part of Pokemon's like? This is going to be so fucking hype. Just ends up you're like walking through caves <laughs> and shit. But it's still good. <laughs> yeah. I got Every Pokemon game ends with a place called Victory Road. Yeah. Like, it's always called Victory Road. And there's always it's always just full of tough trainers and it's hard to get through. Did you? What did you think when you had to fight Wally randomly at the end of Victory Road? Because that would be, that would have been. Oh uh, yeah. Like, well, you have to fight nice Wally look. at the start of Victory Road as well, or or is it just yeah? Well, I, do you? Yeah. So you go into Victory Road, you go left up the staircase, and you go across the ramp, and then he's just there, and you're like, oh, what up, Wally? You want to come at me with your bitch <laughs> Pokemon again? And then he's got like these much harder Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> it's uh, that fight was a lot harder. I had to save Scum a lot there because I just kept like, fucking getting my whole party was murdered. I remember that was if I had to tell you the hardest parts of the game, that fight against Wally was really hard, and um, uh, the dragon battle of the Elite Four was really hard. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's called Drake. Drake, yeah. Uh, some of the May battles were really hard. Out of all the gym leaders, I'm trying to remember who the hardest was. A lot of them were kind of pushovers, to be honest. But um, didn't you hate the flying one in Four Tree City? Yeah, that one was really. I think that was difficult. I, I a lot of the time I remember thinking, no, if you, if you get beat though, you just have to get the right Pokemon for the gym. So it's kind of not exactly. too hard, like, but um, yeah. when you fight your dad... That's why the Elite Four is so difficult, because there's four different... You, well, you have to fight him five. in a row, and you can't change at all, and it's like... Yeah. you got to just do it in one shot. And uh, and if you don't have the right items, it's like... It's it's a piss take, basically, yeah. but um, uh, another... um, When you fight your dad uh, at the gym, which is a nice little... Uh, it's not really a twist, but... Uh, I mean, you know it's coming. Yeah. But, uh, that's quite a fun moment. I thought that was really easy, though. I was expecting that to be a lot harder. But uh, that was quite a nice one. It's got a fighting Pokemon, which can be... Oh, no, not fight. They're all normal. They're all, like, different fighting types. Fighting one the second gym. They're, like, seg- the whole gym's segmented into doors or something. <laughs> like, but, uh... Yeah, and you just pick a door to Did get Did you have, like, a favourite gimmick out of all the gyms? Do you remember that, or...? I like the. Do you have a psychic twins? Yeah, the I, double battle one you have to do. No, that was the hardest gym I remember now. That one kicked my uh, ass so far. <laughs> like I'd I'd beat everyone in the gym and I'd get to them and I'd be like just two fucking twelve year old girls. I'll be out in five minutes and uh, <laughs> they kicked my ass. Their brother and sister, by the way. You just make cancel. Uh, don't cancel me, world. <laughs> it was such a hard boss fight. That was the hardest gym battle by far, and I don't want to ever have to do that again. There were different times throughout the game where I'm gonna, where I was like, I'm gonna have to go back to Dave and tell him I couldn't complete the Nuzlocke run, and that was one <laughs> of those times where I was like, I'm not sure I can do it, but I managed to do all of it. <laughs> Did any of you pick an evolve randomly when you weren't expecting them to, and was it a pleasant surprise or? Yeah. Like I say, said before, um, when uh, Flaming Chicken evolved into Flaming Jesus, it was right after <laughs> Victory Road, like just before I was about to fight all the four, <laughs> the five baddies. And uh, it was such a pleasant surprise because I was like, I didn't even know there was another revolution. This is great. You're all going yeah. downtown. <laughs> it's like the ultimate like sort of like, uh, it was a great way to get psyched up for the final battles. 
By the way, I didn't think I was going to be any one of those final battles, so I was more than prepared to be like, Dave, I got to the end and I didn't complete it. But uh, <laughs> what do you think about like the reveal that the you know, like how the like the last guy is like that trainer you talked to a few times before? So we talked about this. Uh, so because I didn't play Emerald in the Ruby and Sapphire, the end. The, the champion of the Elite Four is Steven Stone, who you see throughout the game. Oh, that He's makes really more cool sense, character. yeah, yeah. Because you're, yeah. like, helping him out throughout the game and stuff. Exactly, and then it turns out he's the champion and mm. he was helping you the whole way. But when you told me, I, I had to look it up, I didn't realise, but the last, isn't it the last gym leader yeah. is then the champion? He's No, it, the last one's Drake, the last gym leader, and then the champion is that guy you met once at that city where the legendaries fought. <laughs> it's very strange. So in Ruby and Sapphire, he is the gym leader. He's a gym leader. That's weird. I wonder what gym leader they replaced. Oh no, he is the gym leader in that game, but they replaced him with someone else for some reason. I can't remember. Like someone takes him over. Yeah, so there's someone called Yuan or Jean, Juan. No clue. <laughs> um, not sure. Was a pusher. But yeah, either way. Um, so Drake was sorry. Drake is in the Elite Four. But... Yeah. And then the champion is Wallace, who was it, the Wallace. gym leader of Super Wallace. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very odd because, yeah, like gym leaders are supposed to. Uh, sorry, the champions usually have a good mix of Pokemon, but he just has his water Pokemon. I've, yeah, and it was it was hard water Pokemon. Don't get me wrong, but um, I managed to do it all right. I remember um, being so happy. That's, I've never been more happy to complete a game in my entire life than when I beat that. Took that final Pokemon down, but. It's very. It's... I think you would have had a tougher time in Ruby and Sapphire because Steven has like steel Pokemon and like yeah, it's pretty. Dude, rough. I would have been. I would have been fucked. But... I would have liked to have fought <laughs> Steven though because um, I quite liked him throughout the game. I liked um, there's like this one really good bit where you team up with him to take down Team Aqua or something, and you're like in a dual battle together. Did you like the dual battle system, by the way? That was introduced in that game as well. I thought it was that, that generation. Did you like it or? I, I enjoy it, yeah, it's a cool... It, they've kept it going throughout the whole thing. They've even done triple battles and more complicated things. Surely that I just gets like a bit really... too complex after a while. <laughs> well, double was really cool because I used to do link ba- link cable battles with up to three other friends and we'd have like dual battles. That's it was cool. really cool. No, I really like that, actually. Like, you can do it with your friends and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I Yeah, I just like it when you team up with him and he's throughout the whole story and it would have been cool if he was the final boss, but... um. It would have. I'm not. Uh, I don't really get why he did that. I think he uh, Wallace was a big deal in the anime, if I remember. But who cares? Who cares about, about the anime day? If I want <laughs> Steven, I don't want fucking Wallace. <laughs> who the fuck is Wallace? <laughs> I think I remember him having a really annoying. Voice it's funny before. when you get to him like after Drake, and you're like, oh my god, I wonder who the big reveal of the final boss is going to be, and it's like, it's me, Wallace. Do you remember me from that one town? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it would have been cooler with Steven. Cause I think I even bigged it up to you, like, oh, it, when you yeah. when you see the champion, you'll be like, oh shit. But it's just um, like I guess you were, but not in a good way. I was just like, oh, hey, remember you from the last island hey, I was at? That guy. Do you remember when we took down those <laughs> legend? Do you remember when I woke up that legendary Pokemon and you disappeared? Good times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's fight. Uh, good game, though. I I liked it a lot. <laughs> So in summary, you you did enjoy your you know your experience with Pokemon again. Uh, you come back to it um, after not playing it for years. What did you enjoy most? Doing a Nuzlocke run of that game was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do as a gamer. I'll put that on my gaming CV, by the way. But um, 
<laughs> I enjoyed the most. Um, I'm a big fan of JRPGs anyway, so I was always going to like it, I think. But um, it's different to a lot of JRPGs in the way it's sort of set in like a modern island. And I like the... Even though the Pokemon system is really weird, it's essentially doing like government-sponsored cockfighting. Uh, it's really, it's really interesting. And I like the way you can, um, you know, find different Pokemon and catch them and stuff. And even though I, I mock the story for being ridiculous, uh, it's quite funny to play such a ridiculous story. There's a lot of games take themselves way too seriously, which I found Pokemon really didn't, which I quite liked. And, um, it's just nice to build up a party. I like games where you can build up a party of things and get them to fight other things. It's fun. It was, it's not like the most serious JRPG I've ever played in my life. It's not like I'm playing through Chrono Trigger or some shit, but it's like just fun, you know? It's a fun time. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, and i got to say, like I say, Nuzlocke, fuck me, was that hard? How dare you recommend that for a first-time Pokemon player? <laughs> I'll do one next time, but yeah. yeah. Of course you will. <laughs> and we've got a recommendation for next time, which... I am recommending Earthbound to you, Dave, which is the 90s okay. RP Western, sorry, Japanese RPG. Um, I picked it because Pokemon really reminds me of it a lot. Like, and you can see there was a lot of inspiration throughout Pokemon from Earthbound. And I think, um, I don't know if this is correct, but um, the people that created Earthbound, some of the devs came over from, some of the devs went over to Pokemon afterwards, but... Uh, Obviously, um, I'm not 100%. But uh, yeah, Earthbound. We'll be talking about it next time, so please tune in. It'll be really fun. Yeah, I've never played Earthbound, so I'm excited to you know finally try it. Delve. Have you got any um, like preconceived notions of it before you play it? Like What are you expecting? Like... I've got very high um, expectations of it from what I've heard. Oh, yeah. uh, I've heard the writing's really good and funny. Obviously, it inspired things like um, Undertale. Mm. Yeah. and things like that which I've played a bit of so yeah I'm excited to try I've heard it's got a unique kind of combat system it's very well. it's one of the most um, unique I've ever played definitely in terms of combat okay it'll be interesting I hope you like it well uh, I'm excited to give that a go yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next time next time thanks for listening bye bye Music done by Ben Loveland. Edited by David Harrison. Narration done by James Walker. This has been the Super 8-Bit Podcast. See you next time.